Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, we know it's kind of different and awkward. Uh, we tried it last night with students family. We just kind of sat in our home and we kind of all around America had a little meeting. So I know this is unusual for you to be sitting at your house. It's really kind of weird to be here today and not very many cars in the parking lot and nobody else is here. Uh, but thanks for taking time to join us. Um, just as we get started, I was just uh, getting some emails. Some of you got the uh, Faith Promise stuff coming your way. Um, and so God has provided another $40,000 towards that uh, land purchase. So excited about that. Uh, Lord willing, that will all be done at the end of the month. Uh, so we are still moving forward uh, with that. And so we're just kind of neat to see what God's doing. Thank you for those of you that's given. And uh, we're excited about uh, that part of what, what takes place. And so in the midst of all that's going on, I want to give you a little bit of good news uh, how God has provided. So we're going to start this morning with a word of prayer. And uh, Jordan and Susan are here, so they're going to kind of do some worship. And then we're going to go back and forth. And uh, so why don't you join me this morning to start with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for uh, this morning. Uh, we know that you're in charge, and it's really kind of weird and different for us. Um, but we're just pausing to say thank you for this day, uh, for the privilege to be up and going today, even though it might be in our home. Uh, may your word be clear to us this morning. Uh, we've heard a lot of different things over these last uh, couple of days and weeks. But now may we hear clearly from the scriptures this morning. Uh, as you speak to us, uh, may we allow it to impact who we are as individuals. So, Father, thank you for changing uh, today to be something different. We've, we've never done this before, but we're still resting in you as our Father. And we want to be an influence into our community. And we want people to see that we've been shepherded by you, and that impacts our lives, and may that impact our community as well. Thank you for this day, Father. And now may we humble ourselves before you and walk in truth today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So we'll turn it over to Pastor Jordan and Susan. Right where you are, sing along with us.
I know this morning as uh, you sit in your home, there's a lot of different things that have been said and there's a lot of different things that you've read. There's a lot of different things that you've listened to. And uh, so this morning as we gather, I just want to remind you of a couple things, remind you that our God is a good God. And so if you have your Bible this morning, one of the neat things for me as I have a chance, it's not necessarily sit in this seat, but sit over on the other side, is just to sit down with the scriptures, look through passages, see things that have been a blessing to me. And so one of the things that I've done is just started in um, Psalm uh, 63, just thinking my way through God in the midst of all of this, there's things that I want to remember. I want to remember that you're a good God. And so in doing that, I want to look at your scripture. I'll look at your word. So I was reminded of Psalm 63, uh, the first three verses as you read uh, Psalm 63, you see, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in dry and weary land where there is no water. So I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because of your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will whisper praise. Or my lips will praise. So I was thinking, as you sit, or as I sit this morning, just reminding us that there's never been a moment in history that the steadfast love of God was not available, that was not demonstrated. There's never been a moment in history that you and I, as we enter into this storm and we spend some time reminding ourselves, okay, God, you are a good God, reminds me that you are steadfast. That your love does not change. As I was thinking about another characteristic of God, just reminding me that he's a good God, I've been reminded of Psalm 119. And I was looking at verses 89 and 90. So Psalm 119. And if you look at 89 and 90 out of that psalm, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. And your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands. So it's really important to me as, uh, as a husband, as a father, as someone that's on staff, just to be reminded that, you know what? God's word is established. And so in the midst of things change, 24 hours, 48 hours, it's a constant. Well, this is my father's words remain steadfast. And then looking at that, reminding myself of his faithfulness to every generation. You know, they sang this morning the, the desert song, all of my life. I have a reason to sing. Why do I have a reason to sing? Because I know my God is a good God, and I know he will always be faithful. So another passage of scripture, which a lot of you probably have used, in different parts of your life, or when somebody was struggling, we typically would run to Romans chapter 8, and so it's a great uh, uh, passage of Scripture. But I want you to see some things around one or two verses that you normally uh, pull out in Romans chapter 8. So if you have your Bible, go with me to Romans chapter 8, 
starting in verse 28, which is typically where we go in, in the midst of things that are going awry in our, in our world. And, or if you have a friend that's struggling, you'd say, well, let me, let me just give you a verse. And so I want to give you that verse, but I want to give you some things to go around that verse. Not just the Romans 8.28, but around the Romans uh, chapter 8. So 8.28 says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So that's the verse most of us use in a situation. So, so as you're sitting in your home, knowing that your God is a God of, that, that loves you and that love is steadfast, knowing that your God is a God of faithfulness, and that's been true through every generation, be very careful this morning as you uh, sit in your home to say, well, God, where are you? God, what, why is this taking place? What's happening? God, this isn't fair. I don't know if you realize this, but this is the first time in my lifetime that we are actually experiencing what most believers or a lot of believers around the world experience. They don't get to go to church. They don't get coffee and donuts. They don't get air conditioning. They don't have a parking lot. And so you and I are, for the first time, saying, okay, God, we know that you love us, and all things work together for good. So as you enter into the midst of this storm, know that God has a plan. So I want you to read on here. Look at Romans 8, 29. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to conform to the image of his Son, in order that we might be the firstborn among the brothers. Now I want you to see some words in this Romans chapter 8, especially around uh, verse 29. For whom he foreknew. That's been decided in advance, beforehand. So never in the history did not God not know that today we would not be in our normal seats. We would not be in our sanctuary. We would not be working out where am I going to park. He foreknew today. And now look what else you see in there. He predestined us. So now this is interesting. We like the word predestined. You know, I've been chosen from eternity past to be part of this family, which is all true. It's good theology. But here's something interesting that we probably haven't read. To, to be conformed to the image of his son. That's change that needs to play, take place before we enter into eternity. See, the plan was for us to find John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only God's Son, who whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But as we grow in our relationship with our Father, as we allow the Scriptures to shepherd us, we remind that all things work together for good to those who love him. But we're also reminded that our Father wants us to be conformed into the image of his Son. Be conformed to saying, you know what? I'm willing to surrender, to be conformed to spiritual maturity, to be conformed to be placed in times where we didn't have answers. And that caused us to be dependent on him. Caused us to say, wait a second, the world's in a panic, but I'm reminded that my father's a good father today. And I'm reminded that my father's like, you know what, I might send something your way just so we can work on the conformity to look more like my son. See, my son gave up his life for us. 
My son said, you know what? I'm in the garden, not my will be done. But Father, if you want me to die on a cross, you want them to rip out my beard, you want me to be, for them to, be, to spit on me, you want me to be mocked, you want me to be laughed at? Yeah, I do. So that in 2020, some moms and dads, some single people, some brothers and sisters would be sitting in the living room around their Bible saying, okay, Father, I want you to conform me to look more like Jesus. I don't mind being in a place where I'm saying, you know what, I don't have the answers, but I'm depending on you so that the world might see the fruits of that in your life and just stop and say, wait a second, why, why aren't you in a hurry? Why aren't you panicking? I'm not panicking because I know who my father is. And so we're going to do something. Obviously, we're not in our sanctuaries. We're going to do things maybe a little bit differently. So now you're in your home. And I want you just to maybe spend a little time in your home this morning. And I know this is going to be a little weird and it's awkward, but it's okay. I want you to pause this morning now, just a second. Sitting with your family, or maybe you're by yourself. Just pause this morning and pray and say, God, I'm pausing this morning to say thank you for your love for me. I'm pausing this morning to say, you know what? I've been reminded by your word that you're a faithful father. And what's really interesting is you keep on reading down through Romans. You go down to verse um, 31. What then shall we say to these things if God is for us? Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. All. If you drop down to verse 37. Now in all things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who has loved us. I don't know about you, but it's strange to think that in 2020, March the 22nd, that I'm a, I'm a conqueror. I'm I'm in my office. The parking lot's empty. My friends are here. Your friends are here. But you know what? Because who my father is, I'm more than a conqueror. That life is going to be okay. The chaos, yes, it's weird and not, it's, it's not normal. I want to welcome that. And say, okay, Dad. This is what you've done. I've seen the track record. Now I'm going to walk as a conquering son in the midst of the storm because I know who my father is. So I want you just to take a minute and say, Father, thank you for faithfulness, your love for me, that that I am, that there is power in me, that, I do, that I'm more than a conqueror, even though that coronavirus is everything that I read. I'm more than a conqueror because I know who you are. So just take a minute, we'll just be just be brief. Um, this morning in your home. Take a little bit of time. Um, maybe you can just strum us a little bit, you know, kind of a song or uh, we didn't plan that part. So, uh, but he's pretty, he's pretty amazing. He can just pick things up and, and go. So just a little bit of quiet. Time of prayer between you and your family uh, or just alone in your home. Say, thank you, Father, for your faithfulness, for your love. That we are more than conquerors.
thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love. And Father, in the midst of this, may we, may we rest in that. May we know those things. May it be true as we go and get gas or try to find some more food. May we not be the ones that are shaken. May we not be the ones that walk in and say, oh my word, it's not here. May we rest in who you are. So Father, thank you for some time to do things differently. And may that um, really get our attention forward to the days we're going to get back together may we not not be overwhelmed in the midst of what we face today so Father thank you for your word and as we look at a couple more verses may we just may it be the, the driving part of who we are as we rest in it so in your name Jesus I pray amen it's reminded this week as I went through just time with the Lord and uh, here at church of, of, a, of the word grace. Just reminded of God's graciousness to me. I was thinking back as we shared a little bit about last week of Ephesians chapter 2 and thinking about how we were objects of wrath, but because of God's workmanship, we're, or because of grace, uh, because of Jesus, nothing more, nothing less, that I have an opportunity to walk with us and be the son of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. To come to the realization that I am his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus uh, for good works. And as I was reminded of the faithfulness in, of God and reminded of his graciousness, I just was thinking back about uh, 1 Samuel. I was thinking back about um, David and, and his life and, and uh, thinking back on 1 Samuel chapter 16 and and uh, as David was anointed um, as a king and realizing that God was, you know, in the midst of a transition. So I went back to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16 and I looked at some verses. So 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 6. And you have, you know, Samuel's there and when they came, he looked on Elab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But, Sam, but the Lord said to Samuel, now can you imagine what that was like? Okay, I'm going to go anoint a new king. And then God says, Samuel, wait a second. That's not the one. And so don't look on the, his appearance or on his height or his stature because I've rejected him. Can you imagine that? Not that one. The one that you think Samuel's going to be the leader? No, no, not that one. I've rejected him. For the Lord sees... Not what a man sees. A man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So if you go down a little bit farther, and the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, and, and, uh, and that's in verse 12. Arise and anoint him, for this is he. And then Samuel took the horn of oil, and he anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David. I was just thinking my way through on that day the oil is running down David's head 
So he's anointed. He's going to be the new king. But have you ever thought about what did God anoint when he anointed David? He anointed a sinner. And on that day, when the world says, here's the new king, Samuel anoints him. What does he anoint? A man who's going to commit adultery. A man who's going to kill a lion and a bear. A man who's going to watch another man die. So in all of that, so I, I was thinking, David is now on a journey to become what the Lord had planned for his life. Sin would not define David. Grace would define David. And I went through the Psalms, and I don't know if you, there's you know, 150 Psalms, and there's a little bit of an argument how many of them David wrote. Let's just say David wrote a lot of them. But have you ever thought your way through some of those Psalms? So if you have your Bible, go to Psalm 3. And David's in a, in a struggle of life, and he's running from his son Absalom. And Absalom wants to take over and be the king. And I don't even know what that would be like as a father to go hide in the cave because your son wants to kill you. I have no idea what that would be like. But in the midst of all of that, again, I want you to see words. I want you to see somebody that's in the midst of this storm, this agony of soul. And what does he say? So in Psalm chapter 3, you read these words. O oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying on my soul, there is no salvation of him in God. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. My glory and the lifter of my head. Lord, you're my shield. In the midst of, you know what, is, is he going to find me? But in the middle of that, he says, Lord, you are the shield about me. Psalm 23, also written by David. And so as you, as you read or you think through in your mind, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Has that rested on you this week? That you said, okay, I, I want to be shepherded by you. And because I am shepherded by you, I, I filter things differently. Yeah, I have thousands of things that are coming at me. But because you're my shepherd, I think differently. Your words, they do matter to me. Psalm 27. The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then if you look at another psalm of David, is Psalm 51, creating me a clean heart of God. And so in the midst of, of what's going on, I just wanted to remind you of the graciousness of your God. I know that you see this, but remind that you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Remind yourself that maybe the storm has, has come so that you would know that he could be the stronghold of your life. 
as I read Psalm 3, it wasn't in, in the good times that David wrote these words. It was in the storm. When life didn't make sense. And so this morning as you gather in your home and hopefully you're, you have your coffee and your donuts or whatever you do, I, uh, I'm not sure. Um, I know somebody said to me the other day that they're excited about you know, being able to go to church in their pajamas. So they're just hanging out in their house in their rocking chair and they don't have to do any security. They don't have to pass out any donuts today. But also I want to remind you of the book of James. As I was reading uh, the book of James, just um, thinking about uh, our time together, reminded that this book was written to believers. Was reminded that this book is probably 15 to 20 years after Jesus' death. And there's something that's interesting to me. As James is going to write, he's going to address certain things. And it's interesting to me that they were, they were not considering their trials to something to be counted as joy. I'm assuming that comfort was being taught in their society. I'm assuming that the steadfastness was not a key word of that day. I'm assuming that the testing of your faith was not in the top 20 of the, of the leadership materials of the day. And so here you have uh, James going to write saying, hey guys, I just want to remind you of some things. So in James chapter 1, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Though I realize that none of us had planned in 2020 to be separated for two or three weeks that we weren't going to be allowed to go to church. That Going to the grocery store was going to be weird and you weren't going to be able to find things. You know what's interesting? We don't, most of us don't count it as a joy. We count it as inconvenience. See, we're growing up in a society where you know what, if you're just comfortable, if you're happy, then it's okay. And so for some time now, we've been reading our Bible and we, we haven't really said, okay, Lord, wait a second. As a, as a Christian, as a believer, as someone who says, I'm excited about my relationship with you, Jesus. That we don't like inconveniences. That we're not seeing the trials of various kinds. For verse 3. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Produces steadfastness. See, steadfastness is not being talked about right now. It's not a popular theme in the Church of America. Well, let's 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 enjoy the experience. Well, Pastor Jordan did pretty good today. I kind of like that set, but you know, last week I I just don't know. You know that. You know, Todd went too long again. I wish you would just know that, you know, 11.45 or, you know, we end at 11.45 because we have to get to lunch by 12. When was the last time you read a book that challenged you to be steadfast? 
the challenge, you say, you know what? Maybe the situations of your life are there to develop spiritual muscle, spiritual maturity. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to test your faith. Do you really believe? I think I read um, this week that uh, the sister, the um, uh, not President Trump, but Pence wrote, "Let's spend more time." on her knees than on the internet. <coughs> and that's interesting. We were riding down the road yesterday and Susan said, you know, our, our screen time is going to be pretty high right now. But will our prayer time be pretty high? Will we pause and say, wait a second, you're testing me. You want to see if I'm going to come back and find your word. What does my father say now? I know what the world's saying. It's a virus. And there's, there's trouble in our soul. Yeah, there is. But my father said, Come well, join my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete Lacking in nothing. So, James is telling you, Christians, believers, people who say you're excited about Jesus, oh, I love you, Jesus. Those of us who love Jesus, pause and say, okay, Father, we need your word right now. We need to know what you want from us now. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. God, I don't understand. God, I don't, I don't know what the whole thing looks like. But I know two things that are true. There's saved people and there's lost people. There's people that probably would have been in a building today and said, yeah, we do love you. But we're whining right now. We're not going back to your word and say, oh, wait a second. I'm reminded of your steadfast love. I'm reminded of your faithfulness. I'm reminded that all things work together for good. Reminded that you want me to look more like this, your son, Jesus. And that matters to me. And I want to be shepherded by those words. I want to look at a person like a guy by the name of David, who was anointed with oil, said, you're going to be the new leader of Israel. But in that process, there's some things that are going to take place in your life so that you can say some things to a generation in 2020. Psalm chapter 3. Say, all right, Lord, I'm, you're it. Psalm 23. I'm going to choose to be shepherded by you. Psalm 27. I'm going to know that you're the stronghold of my life. And he had found that out through difficulties. You're the stronghold of my life. And maybe we need to be entering into the Psalm 51 part and say, okay, Lord, I, I understand. Create something in me. Create a need for me to need your word. Create a need for me to need to spend time saying, okay, Father, this is what's going on in my life right now, prayer. I want to communicate with you, Dad. Doesn't make sense. But I'm 
seeking your face. In just a second, Pastor Jordan and Susan are going to end our time together with a song. Before we do that, what I want you to do is I want you to think about all the people this morning that are placing their life on the line to try to help somebody with the coronavirus. People in New York and California, healthcare workers, that are hoping that you and I will say, you know what, wash your hands, because if we do some things, there's a possibility that a healthcare worker's life could be spared because we say, you know what, we're going to take these words seriously. We need to pray for those who are in harm's way to try to help somebody that doesn't know how much time they have left on this earth. So we need to pray for those people. Pray for our doctors, the nurses, just the medical staff in and out. God, that you would help them. God, that you would give them wisdom today. God, you'd put a hedge of protection around them today. And then God... Would you pray for us? Pray for us that, not God, would you pray for us, but pray that we, as the church, would be seen differently. That people would stop us in Walmart and say, wait a second, you're smiling. Why are you smiling? I'd love to tell you. Because my father has shepherded me through these storms before. So I'm okay. I found your comfort. I found your word matter. I know that all things work together. So before uh, they close in your home, pause, pray for the healthcare workers. And pray that we, because we know who our Father is, and what he's done in our lives, that we would be in a light in our community. That the gospel would go forward in the midst of the chaos. That people would pause and say, wait a second, eternity matters. So I don't know where I'm going to spend eternity. But it looks like you do. So can we have a conversation? Yeah, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to talk to you about my father. So George is going to play quietly, and and then I'm going to close our time together in prayer, and they're going to they're going to have a final song as we leave. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know it's awkward, it's weird, but man, what a neat opportunity for us to rearrange some of our priorities. What an opportunity in world history to say, whoa. Yeah, that happened, but my relationship with Jesus grew. My neighbor got saved. May that take place as well. So let's pray for healthcare workers. Let's take some time to pray for the gospel to go forward in our community. And then I'll close that time and we'll turn it over to Pastor Jordan and uh, Susan. So let's just be a little time of praying for healthcare workers and for the gospel to go forward in our community.
thank you for um, for the people that chose to serve as medical professionals. Thank you for the training. Thank you for their commitment to our health. And no matter what it looks like for them, they're at work today. So Father, put a hedge of protection around them. Protect their families. As they go home after a long shift, God, you would just give them, give them strength. May they come to know you. May they rest in you if they don't know you. May you use their training beyond their wildest dreams. But may they know you first and foremost. May they come to know you if they don't know you. And God, for, for the rest of us, that for so many years it's been easy to say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh yeah, I went to church. Hmm. Now we know if church won't really matter. So may we rest in your word so that our neighbors will get saved. So generations will be changed because we met with our Father and you met our needs and because you met our needs somebody else's because you've been the strong one of our lives we can introduce them to you and then you can be the strong one of their lives Father thank you for this season may spiritual growth step take place in our lives may we know you as the, the strong one God, we're not discouraged. If, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, I'm more excited now than ever. Because your love, your word is alive. And it gives us opportunity to rest in it today. In ways we never thought we would. So thank you for what you're doing. May we find our hope and our strength in you alone, Jesus. should be aware that we're going to do some things with our Facebook and um, they're also we work in trying to put something on, on online and Buzzsprout to you know have somebody's voice Pastor Andy and Jordan and Adam will be sharing and so we're excited about that so we'll stay in touch with you through Facebook and, uh, and through our website um, but we'll really stay in touch with you more because our scriptures have impacted us and we want to share that with you we're excited about it so We'll turn it over to Pastor Jordan and Susan as they end our time together. Again, thank you so much for joining us. May your Bible mean more to you now than ever before. And may your time communicating with your Father in prayer be more meaningful to you now than ever before. Pastor Jordan. So when we're Facebook Live, we have this cool opportunity to see the number of people watching right now. So right now it's I have 178. 
So, as we're going into this next song, it may be awkward, you're just, you know, a few of you by yourself in front of a computer to sing along, but as you're singing, just know that your church family is singing with you. We are still worshiping together, we're just in different locations, which I think is a beautiful and powerful thing. But, if you feel awkward about that, that's totally fine. Um, just let these words encourage you, the words of this song. These are scripture, this is who we are, this is who our God is, He is for us, He is with us, uh, He is the God of angel armies, so please sing along, please be encouraged by this
he was able to do far more abundantly than we ask or think, according to his power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us today.